is kissing a fish. That lady's kissing a fish. What? <laughs> hey, good morning, Munchtropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot! What can I say? The camera loves me. Shall we After you, Junior. Welcome back to Logged everybody. I'm Caleb Lobo Boatman. And today we've got the topic of best picture winners. And we got a great panel to talk about it. First up, we have uh, the, the, the man who I am the bane of his existence. He's more of uh, the Commissioner Gordon of my existence. Uh, let's go to Cody Newberry. Plan words. I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant. Is that okay? Really, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyways. Two okay. things. One, I ranted last week in Juan Wireless about baseball. Baseball is now back. Not saying I had anything to do with it. Is it though? Take, he did. I'm going to take full yeah. credit. Yes, because the National League got improved with a DH. Second, um... March Madness is happening. Great time to be alive. Bracket is on the Facebook page. Come enter with a gift card. Third, I like Best Picture winners for the majority. Most of the time I sit there at the end and be like, that's not what I would have given it to, but that's fine. Um, and I'm excited to let Boatman talk about the uh, part of his personality traits of being an Oscars uh, slut, basically. So this should be fun. That's fair. A little aggressive, but that's fair. Jack. Uh, yeah, no, I, I also like best picture winners uh, for the most part. Uh, but no, no, I, I'm just happy to be here. Uh, uh, get to talk about some of my favorite movies and probably some other movies I've seen, I would assume. <laughs> but no. Uh, yeah, good. Excited for this episode. Uh, based on your uh, infamous letterbox best picture winners list, we'll see how this goes, Scott. <laughs> uh, yeah, hi. Um, I also thought Cody saved baseball. However, the the issue is that nobody actually saw that YLS episode except for like the ten people who were in the live chat because it is now the lost episode. But it's supposed uh, to be back up on the channel tonight. Just to let everybody okay. know. Okay. But yeah, Oscars, March Madness. It's a great time of year. Kirk. Universal DH, band shift, pitch clock, baseball is dead. But Oscars are coming up, so we have something to look forward to. Um, and yeah, this is going to be a fun one to talk about. Uh, I'm going to try to challenge myself and talk about movies that I don't talk about all the time. Uh, so uh, it's going to be fun. A little different. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so we're going to start with the first thing we talk about, and that is favorite movie you log this week. Talking about things you watched. Jack, we are going to start with you. What's your favorite movie you logged this week? Oh, wonderful. Uh, well, I could talk about the, either of the two Hitchcock movies I watched this week, that being Lifeboat or Strangers on a Train. But I'm actually going to go with uh, The Dead Zone, I believe, directed by David Cronenberg. Uh, fantastic movie. Uh, great performance from Christopher Walken. Uh, like, if I hadn't finalized uh my top 100 list i probably would have tried to slip him in there but uh for performances but no he he's incredible in it i i think it's a really cool premise 
uh yeah and uh stephen king uh that's that's a stephen king story i'd actually be really interested in uh in reading so yeah uh the dead zone good movie all right uh yeah i'll i'll talk about the dead zone um i really like this movie i think this is a movie that kind of has two clear halves and usually movies that have two clear halves you kind of like one more than the other i really like both the first half is kind of a more more of a like more, more of the horror angle and the second half has more of the paranoia thriller angle and i like both uh, my favorite thing about this movie, though, is Martin Sheen as the bad guy, who is basically, if you're a West Wing fan, he's playing an evil version of President Bartlett, basically. And that's great. Uh, so I, I like this one a lot. Dead Zone, I really enjoy personally. Uh, Cody, you see the Dead Zone? Cronenberg's not my jam. Um, most people would consider what? Videodrome is one of his, like, Things I love that. Right, you like the fly? Sure, I guess. But like, okay, so there's a turd and there there's a non-turd in the pond, probably for me. Uh, just not my kind of thing. It's just, yeah, video drum kind of scarred me for a little bit. So I don't think I'm going to jump into anything and something called the Dead Zone directed by him. It's so, not anything like that, to be fair. It's not what you like. The body horror in this. Well, is, all I will like, say too is somebody that somebody that oh, somebody that has Jack's list for top hundred performances. Believe me, there are rooms that you could have put something else in there. I promise you. I think yeah. So just <laughs> do, so you, know. do you like the history of violence, Cody? Yeah. Oh, that's Cronenberg. So you like yeah. that? Okay. So I think your video drone was just not a Cody well, movie. Let's let's go to Kirk. Yeah, uh, it's appropriate. Twitter tells me today is uh, David Kroderberg's birthday, so happy birthday, David Kroderberg. Um, yeah, this is definitely more a um, more of a Stephen King story than a Cronenberg movie. Uh, it doesn't really have that like signature Cronenberg frame necessarily. Um, with like the like Jack said, like the body horror and everything is is, is not as, as present. Uh, I like it. I think it's a good early walk in performance. I think it's a good early Stephen King story. Just like you said, it mixes like the the horror, the actual like horror elements with like the real world thriller stuff, um, which I think is something Stephen King does great. Um, so yeah, I, it's been a while since I say it. it's something I want to go back and rewatch because it is a, it is a fun. I just like the idea of it. It's just a cool idea. Um, but yeah, it's great. That said, Jack should have went with Lifeboat. Sure. Uh, Scott? Jack should have went with Strangers on a Train. Um, the Dead Zone, I've only read the book, uh, but I do like the book um, quite a bit. I don't know why I haven't seen the movie, because I do like Cronenberg as well, but I really should. Uh, yeah, so now, Cody, what's your favorite movie you like this week? Shit, you know you thought you were going to an order, and then you fucked it all up. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Fine. If you want me to thought, go to someone No, else. it's fine. It's Kurt. I thought it's fine. Um, anyways, uh, best movie I watched this week, uh, let's look. I do a lot for YLS, so there's a lot of hits and misses, um, of movies that I actually like to watch. Um, I'm gonna go with Midnight in Paris. I, I just watched that today. Um, uh, I was kind of surprised by it. Um, so I'm working through best original screenplay, maybe. I don't know what it is. I don't know what actually the task I'm working on. Is that it, Bowman? Did it win Original it? screenplay, yeah. Correct. Okay, so that. Uh, not a big fan of the director, uh, personally. Uh, I try to avoid most of the things he does uh, just because. Um, but this one kind of just worked. I think the charming elements of 
just Owen Wilson and then just the time travel with just simplistic time travel, not like hooked up to a machine, walked through a special closet, uh, you know, rang a doorbell three times and then a trap door. Like it was just simple. Yeah. No hot tub. A car pulls up to get in and they go on and they keep, um, and I thought there was just certain elements that really worked. Um, I didn't think I really liked the subject matter, honestly. Um, just overall, um, with, uh, I'm not a big, like Scott Fitzgerald, like looking at old history and like that stuff, but they developed it. They didn't over complicate it. It's not a super long watch, but it was just super interesting. Uh, Rachel McAdams, um, and like him trying to explain it and how crazy he seems just a delightful actually film. I think everybody that plays like one of the, uh, people through history is really interesting. I think Kathy Bates is really good in it, especially when they go back and like he walks in and like Picasso's there and they're talking about the things, what's going on. Just a lot of fun. So yeah, it's on Netflix. I think if anybody hasn't checked it out, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. So um, yeah, did I fair? Uh, yeah, uh, I I really love this movie. I think that this is such, like, just from a purely visual standpoint, really looks gorgeous. It, there are shots that feel like something out of one of these paintings from that era. It's just, it's just a beautiful looking movie. I love the production. Uh, and I just really like seeing Gil interact with these different characters uh, I my personal favorite performance in the movie is Corey Stoll as Ernest, Ernest Hemingway. I think he absolutely steals every scene he's in. I also really like Adrian Brody in this for like the one scene he's in. He's a lot of fun. I think just about everybody is is great in this. It's kind of just hey, let's go interact with this historical figure from this era. Let's interact with this one, and it's just kind of. And I actually think this movie has something really poignant to say about nostalgia too, because every era is kind of pining for that era before that nostalgia never really ends. Uh, so Jack, uh, thought, have you seen Midnight in Paris? I have not specific for one reason. And that's because I'm not a huge Woody Allen fan. Uh, so like, uh, just wasn't high on my watch list, but it's one I plan on getting to eventually. That's completely fair. Kirk. Um, yeah, I would say just like we said, Dead Zone isn't very Cronenbergish. I'd say this is a good Woody Allen movie. If you don't like Woody Allen, it doesn't have like a huge like overbearing Woody Allen feel to it. Um, it's a great starter Woody Allen if you don't like him. Um, but yeah, I think it's great. I you know somebody who's like was an English major and studied a lot of American literature. Um, I just love like that like just seeing like the expats and you know them all interacting together. Corey Stoll is great. Um, I also think it's is it Allison Pill that plays Zelda? Yeah, uh, she's really good at like um, Tom Hiddleston. Everybody just really captures those roles like gives you like the they're not doing so much a caricature of the person but they really capture their energy really well of like what you think about when you think about that person uh especially Corey Stoll when he's there said but just like see where he's like who wants to fight like it's it's just just captures that so well um yeah this is a really fun movie Scott yeah I love this movie uh this is probably the last great movie that Woody Allen will make um but it's it's a lot of fun like Kirk I was an English major so uh it you know, appeals to me for that reason. I'm glad you mentioned Adrian Brody because this is him, like, at his character actor best when he just shows up to do comedic stuff and him being like, Dolly is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so now we go to me. I didn't have a great week for watching movies, to be honest. Uh, and I'm, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to go back a little bit just because we didn't have a show last week. So I didn't get a chance to talk about this movie yet. And I want to talk about it. 
I really love the Batman guys. I loved the Batman. Uh, I, I had a great time with this more more than I thought I would. Uh, I, I really like the the crime thriller aspects of it. it I know a lot of people are, are are saying this, but it really does feel like the Fincher version of a Batman movie. And I think that's great. It's like if you made like Zodiac a Batman movie. And I, when you see the movie, you, I, totally <laughs> fair. Um, look, I, I really dig this. I think Paul Dano is fantastic in this. Really good at being creepy and also really good at being pathetic. Colin Farrell is so much fun in this. I like the entire supporting cast. I love the way this movie looks. I dig the heck out of this one. Cody, I don't even think has seen it yet. Yeah, and I, this is the problem. I hate this fucking community. I hate being in this community. I hate existing in this community. Like, regardless of how I feel about this movie now, you just called it the Zodiac of Batman. I'm talking about tone. I'm not talking about it's I know. the same level of quality. I, I, just, 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 I know. But I'm saying you put it in this. You you literally put Finchers attached to it. Like, thinking that is so now going into it. Hell, who knows? I'm probably gonna fucking despise this movie. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's just I hear so, so many people gush, and that's fine. You can gush. I'm hoping it's the greatest film I've ever seen in my life. It won't be. I guarantee it won't be. Um, but like, yeah, I'm hoping it's great. But overall, Gotham is a character. If I hear that one more time from one more person, I'm gonna puke all over myself. Like, I'm hoping it is a character. I hope it grabs Batman. All right, Jack. Him. How do you feel about the Batman? Uh, I really love it. Uh, I saw it opening night with my family. Uh, that was an interesting family watch, let me tell you. Uh, but no, and the next day I talked to one of my assistant managers about it and they hadn't seen it. And they said, yeah, no, I'm not gonna, I'm probably not going to see it. Uh, so many people have walked out of it and like, I'm, I'm thinking really. And so my pitch to him was, have you seen the dark Knight?" Yes. Have you seen Zodiac? Yes. Have you seen Seven? Yes. Do you like all those movies? Yes. Okay, you'll like this one. <laughs> so, <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a great movie. Dano's great. Uh, Farrell's great. Uh, yeah, I know. Pattinson's great as Batman. Uh, fantastic movie. Uh, next. Scott? He goes through boxes of documents. Of course, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it. It's a it's a fun movie. I think the area where it is most like Fincher, though, is like the actual look of it. Like the way that it's like very grimy and always raining does remind me of Seven. Not so much ev everywhere else. It's still a comic book movie, but um, I think it's a I think it's a great movie, and I really liked Jeffrey Wright's performance as Gordon. I thought like the sort of buddy cop thing that was going on between him and Pattinson was uh, the best part of the movie. So uh, and and uh, Michael Giacchino's theme is fire. Kirk, first of all, Boatman, this is your show. You don't have to let him shush you like that. Assert your dominance. This isn't YLS. Second of all, um, yeah, I got to see this movie, um, and I was I was kind of in Cody's, but I'm like it was it was so like I was kind of down. The, the the trailers did not impress me. All the hype. I'm like this is gonna be overhyped. I'm gonna hate this. Uh, but I actually liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I don't know if um, I wouldn't say that Pattinson is my favorite Batman, but just the world he and the rest of the movie creates. Like I can buy Batman. 
my biggest problem with uh, with the 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 the, um, the previous the Dark Knight series was it was so hyper realistic that it was like it was almost like silly for Batman to be in that world because it was too realistic. Where this one, I just when he walks in that room that that first time he works in that crime scene, I don't know what it is. I haven't figured it out yet, but I just buy it. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense for him to be there. Um, and I think that's the, Pattinson's performance and the world building and everything. I just love the beginning when the bat signal goes on and they show the darkness and like, all the criminals get afraid of the dark. That is such a great Batman moment. Um, and it just captures the character and what he represents so well. Um, I didn't love Dano. Like I hear people like really talent his performance. I feel like most of the time when he's in the mask, that could have been anybody. Um, when he takes, I don't want to spoil anything, but later in the, he's, he's better, but um and I just when they when they cast Dano as the Riddler, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to see what he how they how they do the Riddler in this. And they just made him like generic serial killer. You could pick like any one of a dozen Batman villains and put him in that role. It's like, why did you do that to the Riddler? That kind of bummed me out as a Batman fan. Um, he wasn't a bad villain, but he just wasn't a good Riddler. Uh, Penguin was great. I love Penguin. Um, I love uh, Falcone. Uh, the whole like crime element um, really walked a perfect line between like gritty comic book movie, but still like very much felt like a comic book movie. That's fair. Uh, so now we go to Scott. Scott, what was your favorite movie you watched this week? Yeah, so um, myself and a couple other folks, we have a little movie watching criterion exchange uh, where we will give the other people a criterion movie to watch every so often, um, take turns. And this uh, most recent movie that we watched is uh, a movie called Good Morning. Uh, from 1959, directed by Yasujiro Ozu, um, the uh, famed Japanese director who made, you know, Tokyo Story, Late Spring, um, pe movies that people should um, know. But um, Good Morning is just a delightful film. I think everyone here would enjoy this, I, whether you're like you watch a lot of foreign films or not. Like the, it's it's a very sort of simple con comedy about these two young boys who want to uh, buy a tele want their parents to buy them a television. Uh, and so they go take a vow of silence um, and say that they're not going to speak at all um, or make any sort of sounds um, until their parents will buy them a television. It's also kind of a whole movie about this neighborhood that they live in and like gossip and the way people of different generations in this neighborhood talk. Um, it's definitely like more vibes than it is plot, um, but it's a great time. It's a pretty quick watch. It's less than um, 100 minutes. It's 90 something minutes, I believe. Um, and it's it's really funny. It has I enjoyed it despite it having surprising amount of bathroom humor. Um, you, you wouldn't expect it, but it actually does have some. Yeah, I, I know it's kind of surprising, but. I don't know. Ozu, the, the tone of the movie, it works. Um, so I would definitely recommend this, like I said, to everyone here. I think this is one that is a pretty palatable, even if you don't usually watch foreign films. Hey, uh, I haven't seen this. Cody, I know you haven't seen it. Jack, I'm going to assume you haven't seen it. Cody, you've seen Good Morning? Go yeah, in, a, in, in, a, in Los Angeles on a nice rainy... No, I'm not sure it's yeah, okay. But don't assume shit. Don't assume shit. That's rude. No, don't tell me what to do. I'm gonna listen oh, to Kurt. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> listen uncle, to Kurt. Uncle told you to step up, stand, stand up for yourself. Yeah, shut your mouth. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> shut up. Shut up, Jack. You seen this? No, you haven't. Kurt, you're the only person on this call I think might have seen this. I have not. 
That's what I thought. <laughs> I okay. tried. Now we're gonna go, Kirk. You're actually you're the only one here I like right now. What what do you? I do. Um, most of the time when I'm on the show, I try to talk about first time watches, uh, and I really haven't watched much. I was going actually going to go with Batman. That was going to be my pick, but um, I had an auto match this week, so I was kind of watching the same movies over and over again. Um, nothing really special one way or the other there. Uh, so I'm going to go with a rewatch. Um, I, for first time I watched it probably since it came out. Um, I want rewatched Little Miss Sunshine. Um, my daughter was really excited. She was going to see. Uh, <laughs> She was going to see the Batman with her friends the next day, and she was going to watch the Paul Dad. I'm like, let's watch a little bit of sunshine. So, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the found family genre of people who just kind of find each other and like outcasts who come together because they don't have anybody else. This is a found family movie about a family that's already together, but who just don't know each other, don't understand, don't really know themselves. There's a line early on where you know uh, Steve Carell's talking to Abigail Breslin. He's like, "Oh, look how big you are! You're like, it's like you're almost like a real person." And that's just everybody in this movie. Like nobody in this movie at the beginning is a complete person yet. They're all just these kind of like shells of people trying to discover themselves. And they all come together, and it's so, so many great performances. Uh, Steve Carell, uh, Alan Arkin's really good in it, uh, as the grandfather. He's like just like this like dirty old man. He's on drugs. He's just like a complete mess. But he's also like the most together person in the entire family. He kind of understands it. And when you watch the movie, it's kind of cool. He, 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 in my interpretation, like he kind of like was pulling the strings to make this happen the whole time, um, but to, to bring to force them together. Uh, but just the idea of them like. They're going to this beauty pageant the way they eventually like take down the, the beauty pageant and also like figure leave what that means, like take down expectations of, you know, what people expect of them and what they're supposed to do and, what you know, uh, you know, what, what the world sees in them. Uh, it's just it's just a really great movie. It's really just really heartwarming and uplifting. Um, and I and I, I knew I liked it. Like I said, I hadn't seen it in a while, um, but I rewatched this and I'm like, oh, I really love this movie. I will completely back you up. Uh, obviously, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I love this movie. I love these characters. I love this ensemble, one of my favorite ensembles. Uh, Steve Carell is my favorite performance in this. Uh, I love just the scene of uh, him and Dano on the dock. That That is my my personal favorite scene where they're, they're both just kind of frustrated with society as a whole. And, but Carell kind of gives Dano some chunks of wisdom, and I think that's great. Uh, I love Tony. Cl- Tony Klaus is one of my favorite actresses. Greg Kinnear is easily the most hateable member of the family, but like he gets that chunk of redemption in the end. Um, I, I love this cast. I love these characters. I love the comedy. I love this movie. Cody. That's on a boatman's uh, trigger. She said, "Little Miss Sunshine." Um, you put him in a good mood. I appreciate that. Um, uh, if you want to hear my topic, well, how I feel about Little Miss Sunshine, tune in tomorrow on Wireless because it's on a few people's lists. So. Or last week on Wireless. <laughs> or last week, yes. When it uploads tonight, you'll find out. Whatever well, you can. It's do. one. It's one of the reti- It's one of the movies that's soon to be retired, probably on Wireless coming in the near future. But yes. Hi, Jack. Uh, yeah, this, this I love this movie. This is a this is a top hundred movie for me. Um, actually, first time I ever saw it, I was not like the previous week or two before. Uh, was not a great week for me. And if you look on my letterbox, uh, you will you will see that uh very clearly. But no, this movie brought uh 
just brought a whole lot of joy in my life. Uh, so yeah, uh, it, it's fantastic that that dance scene. I, I don't know if there's a better uh, like uh, movie watching experience I had with my family than watching that last uh, dance scene. It's fantastic. Uh, Alan Arkin's uh, great in this. Paul Dano uh, is great. Steve Carell, though, is probably my favorite performance in this, if I had to pick. I'd pick Steve Carell. He's fantastic in it. Uh, yeah, great movie. Scott? So on YLS last week, unfortunately, I did mention that I have still yet to see it. Um, but I do, think, I do think I'd really enjoy it, so... That's fair. Okay, now we get into the unfun part of the show. We talk about our least favorite movies we watched this week. I will start us off this time. And I watched my least favorite movie that I have ever watched for trivia. I finally broke down and watched the 2004 comic book film Catwoman. And it was everything I thought it was going to be. And I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. Uh, Halle Berry is giving an awful performance. Just unbearable. I hate the way this movie looks. I hate every performance in this movie. I hate the way... I mean, uh, we all talk about the basketball scene. This movie is horribly edited from minute one. Like, it, it's bad. Why is this about a makeup company? This has nothing to do with Catwoman. I'm so confused. I I, I have a very bad time. I had a very bad time with this. Uh, I, I despised everything after watching this. I had a really bad time. Cody, that's on Catwoman. I mean, worst in fandom? I don't know. There's. I didn't say worst in fandom. Well, I know. I, know. I personally watch it. I know. This is my yeah. show. I can jump in. Like, and can I just talk? You know, I mean, Jesus Christ. Listen, all I will say is Phantom has a lot of bad things. There's a reason I don't play there anymore. Um, I will also say, like, I'll, I think maybe Electra I would consider probably worse. I don't know. Uh, well, enjoy yourself. It's coming. Um, overall, um, yeah, I haven't watched Catwoman probably since 2004. Um, so it's not one you're ever going to go back to, but I, I'm, I'm glad that you got to watch it and, uh, show, show yourself what trivia is doing to you. So, um, that's fair. Jack. Uh, yeah, this movie shit, it, it, it really bad. Uh, one, de definitely one of the worst fandom movies out there, but Breaking Dawn part one exists. Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 exists. There's worse movies, but this one's just absolutely terrible. Hey, Scott, you seen this? Unless you are playing fandom, I cannot think of a single reason that anyone would watch this movie in 2022. As I do not play fandom, I have not watched it. <laughs> that is completely fair. Kirk? Yeah, I don't play Phantom, uh, but I played against the Phantom player in Warzone who made me watch uh, this for their strength and uh, last year. And yeah, it's bad. Um, it's not just like badly written. Like it's just like Boatman said, the editing is bad. It's like weird continuity errors. It's just like a really lazy, lazy movie. And it just it's like a time capsule of a really weird time in Hollywood where like they just found comic book movies it was like a like an infant with a new toy who didn't know what to do with it like it's like a really nice toy but what do we do like just the fact that, like they took the name and like hey catwoman's a thing of property we own let's make a movie of it 
and like that was all they did was take the name Catwoman and just threw a bunch of crap together and thought, oh, this will sell because it's comic books. Um, but yeah, it's it's rough. That's fair. Okay. Uh, now, Cody, what's your least favorite movie you watched this week? I mean, I think I can say stuff because it's technically not up. Um, hold on. Your order still bothers me, um, but I can talk about that later. Um, I guess it's between two, American Ultra or uh, Scary Movie 3. Um, I'm going to probably say American Ultra um, overall because I think Scary Movie 3 after the third one, I think you know what you're getting into, but somebody picked just the third one for the time capsule. American Ultra is terrible. Like, one, it takes Jesse Eisenberg, which... No, he is not an action star by no means. Um, and Kristen Stewart, which Twilight ruined her. Really, she is a she's a great actress, honestly. Working, um, yes, she is. She's really good. Uh, have you seen Spencer? That's great. Um, she has great performance, Spencer. Um, I think. Uh, um, but this movie takes a bunch of B list actors. I said it on my list, but I stand by it. I think they all went through like a, they all met in like this recovery together or something and I said hey I'm doing a movie you want to be in it Topher Grace is like leading this charge to find these super soldiers which again Topher Grace couldn't lead like a group of postmen to do anything I don't know where they think he can lead super soldiers um, there's a scene where they're talking about like a car and a tree and like they're high and they're like talking about it and Coho thinks it's like this romantic element um, it is laughable it is literally laughable. Um, yeah, um, and somebody picked it to be in a time capsule so we can deliver Max Landis to them in 100 years. So that's not great either. So, yeah, um, really bad movie. Um, and Eisenberg probably should stop working. If I'm, I'm in that vote camp. Can we do that? Can we leave that charge? I'm cool. Yeah. Hey, Jack. Uh, I haven't seen this one. I like Kristen Stewart and Spencer, Hater in Twilight, so I don't know if you can get worse than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Scott, you seen American Ultra? Uh, Max Landis and Woody Allen. We're talking about some real winners tonight. I haven't seen it. That's for Cody. Cody's looking at both the camera. I'm just I'm just worried if Bowman has a hot date, he's cutting us off like we're like we're running out of time here. I'm just I'm just checking. Do we have a do we have a hard out? No. You don't want to be YLS tonight? Like, what are we doing, buddy? Okay, I'm just checking, just checking on you. I mean, I wasn't. We were. I'm keeping the show moving because we were talking about movies we haven't seen. Like, we don't need to talk about movies we haven't seen. Kirk, muted. you're muted, Kirk. I've seen it, but like other movies starring Chris Stewart, just Eisenberg, it's not terrible. But I'm watching. It's like. How much better would this movie be if it was literally anybody else besides Chris Stewart and Jesse Eisenberg? Because Jesse Eisenberg is just uh, obnoxious, and I don't know what you guys are talking about. Chris Stewart is an objectively terrible actress. No. She is unable no. or unwilling to emote the most basic human emotions. I do not buy her as a person. Watching her sit on screen, I do not buy her as a human being when she's trying to act. It may be like this avant-garde like, anti-acting thing she's doing, and that's interesting, but she is god-awful. In everything she does, and I just don't like Eisenberg. So this and she happiest uh, season, it's great. This th this and Adventureland, both movies. I'm like, oh, just get somebody else, and it might be good. Uh, have you seen Spencer? I have not. Watch that. Clouds of Sils Maria. 
But all right. <laughs> I guess I've only seen her terrible movies. On American Ultra. I wanted to like this movie. You know what? I, I will say this, just to kind of tilt my hand a little bit. For whatever reason, right, I, I'm very known for loving Boatman movies, characters with a very Boatman archetype. Well, the, the exception to that rule is when that very Boatman archetype is an action hero. I don't like it. I don't know why I don't like it, but I don't like it whatsoever. And I did not like American Ultra. I, I had a bad time with it. I don't, I, I, I agree with Cody completely. That tree monologue is bad. I think there are some good things about it. Like, I think, I think Stuart and Eisenberg are not the problem, in my opinion. I actually think they're trying their best. I think that this script is not great, in my opinion. I think that the writing, it's very, it's Max Landis at his, like, most Max Landis, which I think Max Landis is at his Max best a little bit more chill with it. He's like, he's doing these very like quippy quips and it, it gets way too quippy. And it, it's a movie that's smarter than, or that's not as smart as it thinks it is. And those movies are always tough to watch. I think there are some good things about it. I I, I do like the opening, like Gatsby's Remember Scene, but overall, not, not my fave. Uh, so now Jack, what's your least favorite movie you watched this week? So I mentioned a couple Hitchcocks I saw earlier this week, and uh, I also saw Suspicion. I don't, uh, here's the thing. I gave it three stars. Like it, I didn't dislike it. I was just really, really underwhelmed by it. Uh, like I don't know what I was expecting going into it, but it uh, I don't know. It, it just felt very anticlimactic uh, to me. Uh, Joan Fontaine and Cary Grant, though, are really good. Uh don't know if I'd give Joan Fontaine the Oscar, although I have to watch more movies from that year. I don't totally understand why she won the Oscar, but maybe I just have to watch the other movies. Uh, but no, uh, it was fine. Uh, not bad. St still not my worst Hitchcock movie. Uh, I just, I think Frenzy's my least favorite. Oh. So yeah. Uh, oh. But no, it's uh, it's fine. Uh, I I'll rewatch it if I have to, but like, it's not high on that list. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead I, right now. I actually really dig Suspicion. I watched this one like three, four years ago, and I like this one a lot. I like how for like the first half hour, hour of this movie, it honestly just feels like a normal 40s like screwball romantic comedy, and then it shifts directions, and I think that's really cool, and I get it if you don't like that shift. Like, if you don't like the premise of, for an hour, this movie is going to be a normal romantic comedy, and then it's going to turn into a Hitchcock thriller, I get that. I really dug that. I like that, like, and I'll be honest, I think this might be Cary Grant's best work as an actor. I think Cary Grant in this movie is fantastic because he has to do the normal Cary Grant thing, but he also has to be genuinely like scary towards the end of it. And I think he pulls it off completely. I, I really did Cary Grant. The one thing I will agree with on this movie, the ending's bad. I won't say what happens. I don't like the ending, the endings. Uh, it's not the ending Hitchcock wanted. Um, it, the studio basically forced him to change the ending. I don't like the ending. 
Uh, about that off air because I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, Cody. You just said some bold things, so I'm really curious to check this one out because you said this Cary Grant's probably best. That's crazy to me. I mean, if it is, great. But then you gushed about the movie, then you said the ending sucks. So, weird. I'm just... I mean, I think, like a mixed that, I think that besides the ending, the movie's really great. I just but don't... If mo- but if a movie doesn't stick to landing, is it a good movie? I, I would say I can for I personally can forgive the sins of an ending if I like everything else, but that's just me. That's just me. Uh, other people, if a bat if a movie ends bad, it ruins the movie for them. I'm not one of those people, but I get it. Uh, Scott, you see this? I watched it on a Hitchcock marathon on TCM like years ago, and I do not remember it. That's fair, Kirk. This is one I haven't seen, but you've actually kind of sold me on it. Because I like, um, I like Hitchcock when he's being like that kind of like lighthearted, like dark humor kind of stuff. So if that's what we're getting at the beginning, I kind, I kind of, and it's not your fault. I'm not gonna, I'm not mad at you for this, but I kind of wish I wouldn't have heard anything you said because I would like to go to blind for all that. Um, but it's, it still sounds pretty good. I'm gonna check it out. That's fair. Uh, so yeah, now, now we go over to Scott. Scott, what was your least favorite movie you watched this week? So for the uh, movie watching challenge that I'm doing, we have to watch two movies with the same title in the same week. And I watched two movies called Twilight. Neither of them are very good. But the one I want to discuss is 1998's Twilight, which is one of the weirdest movies. Uh, First of all, the cast is insane in this movie. Um, Just to give you a microcosm of what it is, the movie starts out and Paul Newman plays a private eye and he's tracking down Reese Witherspoon, who is like the daughter of his friends on like a private island with her boyfriend, who is like a stoner played by Liev Schreiber. And there's a struggle when he finds her. He gets shot by her on accident in like his upper thigh. The rest of the movie, everyone thinks that Paul Newman get, got his dick shot off in the first scene and keeps repeatedly referencing this, even though he's telling them, no, that's not what happened. Um, so that's a thing in this movie. Also, later he's looking for Liev Schreiber, and he has gone to Liev Schreiber's apartment. He finds a thing of chicken wings. And from this, he determines that Liev Schreiber must be a fiend for chicken wings. So he goes to, I guess, the one bar in the area which sells chicken wings, and sure enough, there is Liev Schreiber sitting at the bar just pounding chicken wings. Uh, it is a weird, weird movie um, that like would never be made today. But Gene Hackman is in this. Uh, Susan Sarandon is in this. James Garner is in this. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, Stockard Channing. Um, I don't know who else am I forgetting, but Liev Schreiber again. But um, a very strange movie that should have been a lot better given the cast. Um, but yeah, that's Twilight. That was maybe the worst Twilight I watched, believe it or not. I don't, I, I haven't seen that. <laughs> huh? I said, Kirk, have you seen this? I have not seen this. Um, it, I, I, it makes me sad that it's bad. I mean, I'll take Scott's word for it that it's bad because everything he said sounds like so much fun. Um, <laughs> so it kind of bums me out that it's not good. James Garner also tries to pee on Paul Newman at one point. So. <laughs> there you go. Jack, I'm going to assume you haven't seen this. No, but worse than than Twilight from 2008? Sure. It's uh, in order. Cody? 
Yeah, so I watched this movie in 2020. Um, I remember because Michael Campbell, we're in a group chat, and he put Cody, did you mean to watch the Robert Pattinson, Kristen Stewart Twilight <laughs> and clicked on this one? I clicked on it, one, just based on the movie poster. I mean, it has Hackman, Newman, Sarandon in it or whatever. Uh, I think that's right. And it's yeah. got a gun pointed down. I'm like, this sounds super interesting. And then I looked, it's got Reese Witherspoon and Lee Schreiber in it. I was like, you sold me. I don't even know what this movie's about. Man, this movie's a thrill ride. That you got to shut them up or I'm going to get violent. <laughs> 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 you are not oh, good. Oops. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, Flip that out. Said. That's what I said. Cody or Kirk is the main character from Nobody, is what I'm slowly reading. <laughs> yep. uh, so, yes, uh, I saw this movie. I thought it was crazy. It is a waste of great talent. But honestly, I wouldn't tell you not to watch it because if you stumble upon it, you're in for a ride. It's a fascinating relic, yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's everybody for Twilight because I definitely haven't freaking seen it. Uh, Kirk, what's your least favorite movie you watched this week? Um, nothing I watched really terrible this week um, that I absolutely hated. Um, but I did finally get around to watching Titan. Um. Uh, and this is now. I mean, I'll say the good stuff about it first. The movie looks great. It shot really well, and it held my interest the entire time. Like I, I, did, I never lost interest in it. Um, but it and and I, I think I've established myself as somebody who's okay with weird movies. Um, like I can accept weird, weird, weird stuff going on, and that's not going to turn me off. Uh, but this movie is just like the car sex is arguably not the weirdest thing that happens in this movie. And I thought, like, going in, I was like, okay, it's, she has sex with a car, and she's going to have a car baby, and we'll we'll see what happens there. But the car sex happens early on, and then we just really don't talk about it again. And then all this other stuff wears out. And I think if you're going to make just an off-the-wall movie like that, like, you have to – there's a recipe to it. I think they're just throwing, like, too many flavors of weird at us. And it almost is like, it's just, okay, it's just weirdness for weirdness' sake at this point. And it kind of lost me. Uh, at certain points, just as far as buying into it, um, but like I said, it wasn't awful. I didn't. I think I gave it two and a half stars. It was the worst thing I ever saw. But um, yeah, it is. It is just a little too bonkers. I have not seen the car sex movie, Cody. I'm going to go to you last, Scott. I really enjoy it. Um, I think people know this, but uh, yeah, I think Julia DeCornell is a great director. Um, I don't know. It it worked for me. Like it becomes kind of a love story by the end, which is not and not between her and the car. That's not what I mean. But um, it does, and it, it was an interesting direction to take it. I never knew what was going to happen next. It's bold. It's well made. I thought it was great. Jack, I know you hated this. Uh, I didn't like it. I gave it two stars. I think it looks uh, good. I think the performances are solid for the most part. Uh, no, it's just a little much for me. Uh, let's let let's go to Cody. <laughs> Come on, I want to hear this. So, like, I no stop. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm in a fucking nut house in this community half the time. 
Because arguably they're the elitist up at the top. The ones, the top echelons that like lick the Criterion Collection's asshole and thinks it's the greatest thing known to man and their film tastes are above all. Then there's the grumpy old men, Mean Kirk, and Brian's on his own island by himself, so don't include him in us. <laughs> and then there's the the the, the mid two thousands young kids that are like, oh, I found some of these classic movies that are, oh, have you ever seen Twilight? It's it's glowing, it's fantastic. And then there are <laughs> dog the shit, there are, there are dog shit people at the bottom. Okay, <laughs> no offense, Pinchuck, you're there. So when I'm at this level, I'm sitting here and I and, and we we we're having an honest conversation about this movie, and. I get it. I've not went to film school. I have not studied the lighting effect and the cinematography and like how you record s- sounds into a film and like the different art direction that makes into a film. But all I know is I've watched this movie. It was a car wreck. There's a car wreck at the beginning. There's a car wreck of this film. I did not look away. I did not watch it on two times speed. I watched it with subtitles. I don't know if there's a dub version. And nothing makes sense in this film. And everybody's review of it goes, I don't know what the fuck happened, but I liked it. What are we doing here as film? That doesn't make sense. If I took you to a restaurant and I, I, I designed shit in a certain way that made apparently taste edible to you, and you're like, I don't know what I ate, but it was good. This is there's a problem with us. So we're in this weird community, and the same people that are on this highest elite level will sit there and look at me in the straight face and say, "High School Musical three, probably a masterpiece." What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> uh oh! You can't have one and the other. You can't do both. Band it slam. doesn't work. It does not work. You can't sit there and hey tell now. me Spotlight is a great film and then go in and watch this movie. She gets she gets in a car wreck. It goes boom boom. She sees a car. She has sex with it, and then there's a baby. At the, there's no connection. So listen, I understand. I am not educated in film, but if somebody can sit down and break down what symbolism I'm missing in this movie, I would love to tell you because arguably this is one of the biggest dog shit things I've ever seen in my life. Makes no sense, and I'm really tired of this community going, it was really good to look at. I, she about bites a woman's nipple off in this film. There is such a nipple pull that is the most painful thing I've seen in a long time, and that's in this film. So. Okay. Um, I didn't really like Titan, by the way. <laughs> what? What? I, well, we'll just move on. We'll just move on from that. Thank you, Cody. Uh, Jack, you haven't given us your least favorite movie, have you? I have suspicion. Oh yeah, duh. You did that already. Uh, Kirk, you have. No, has everyone no, done? I think it was me. Oh yeah, so everyone's yeah, done. Done. everyone's done. Everyone's done. I'm sorry. I Cody threw off my groove a little bit. So now we're getting to the main thing of the show: best picture winners. What are the best? What are the worst? We will. We don't talk about what are the worst are, but we're going to talk about the best. I'm. I'm very thrown off, Jack. You're gonna I will start. say this just real quick. Paul Oyama, yes, I referenced him. I love that man to death. I think he's a great gentleman, but honestly, his movie taste, fucking stupid. I will say that to his face. He didn't like Titan, I will just say. I'm so shocked. <laughs> Thank God. Okay, Jack. Hmm, best picture winners. I wonder what I could be picking. It's oh, not as if hell. it's my favorite movie of all time. 
Yeah, you know what to do, Boatman. I've talked about this movie enough times on the on Logged It and Ryle. So I'll hit you, whoever it is. I please put a wrong eight. I was gonna say, please put Crash on there. No. <laughs> don't you, don't you dare. No, you Lord of the Rings is a masterpiece. Uh, I, I hate you, Boatman. Return of the King is a masterpiece. Uh, I love it so much. Uh, I don't think there's a single bad aspect of it. I think it's incredibly shot. I think the score is just incredible. Like uh, the Battle of Pelennor Fields, the score uh, the for that piece, probably my favorite music in in a, in any film uh, is in that scene. Uh, it's incredible uh, th and. There is no 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 scene in this movie that that makes me more emotional than uh, Sam and Frodo climbing Mount Doom. The whole "I can't carry it for you" scene, fantastic! It it's incredible. I love this movie so much. Uh, yeah. Look, I I used to think I liked this movie. I used to think I liked this movie. And then I said one little thing about Finding Nemo and how I enjoyed the score from Finding Nemo more than the score for this movie. And Twitter decided to punch me in the dick, cut off my arms, and waterboard me for some reason. And now, I, I'll be honest, I think the next time I watch Return of the King, I'm probably going to fucking hate it. Like, if I'm being totally honest, I think this movie might be ruined for me. I think this might be legitimately ruined for me by the fact that there were literally a thousand people dunking on me. That is not an exaggeration. The tweet dunking on me got a thousand likes. Um, yeah, and mine got 12. So I got pretty violently raped by the King's film. Again. <laughs> it wasn't Actually, I don't think a single Kingsman liked my tweet. I don't think <laughs> they I were all terrified. <laughs> I don't think I should follow you on Twitter at that point. That's fair. Uh, I you don't want to be associated with me. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Look, uh, hello. This movie's good. This is good. It's my least favorite Rings movie. I think this one gets a little bloated for my taste. Uh, Cody. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to this movie about fucking death at this point. Like, of the three, it's my least favorite. Does that mean it's bad? No. Um, I like what they were able to do. I'm glad that they came around because it was created. Um, I mean, Kirk's famous words that if it never, it didn't exist, what's the, what, it, what would we miss? Um, but overall, I think it's good. I won't talk anything bad because Tim McCall is not here, so... Get the hell out of here. Yes, now it's my show. Um, that was my show. Um, you just disappeared and came back really quick. Um, How the heck did that? I think there's there's just the the biggest problem. It's being the biggest gripe ever for this movie. It's the ending. Like I understand a lot of people like it. It just takes twelve years to get there. So, um, yeah, and maybe Finding Nemo deserved the score, but I wasn't backing Bowman up. Hell no. <laughs> Scott, 
uh, Boatman learned what everyone on Twitter has to learn at least once. What I learned a couple of years ago when I entered the New Orleans Saints mentions on Twitter, uh, it was not not pretty. But um, but yeah. In, anyway, uh, I will say tweets about- are better than replies. <laughs> exactly, that is the lesson. Um, but no, I will say about this what I say whenever Middle Earth comes up on a show. It is maybe the main reason why I do not play fandom, and I will just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, Kirk. Yeah, I mean, Cody mentioned it. Like, I respect these movies a lot more than I like them. I've said, I've talked about these a lot on the top 100 shows because people brought them up a lot, obviously. Um, this one may be parts of it are my favorite, parts of it, some. I mean, you got the the, the multiple endings that are going on forever, kind of. Um, I've oh, never watched. Favorite. I've never watched the uh, extended version, so I don't know how much worse it gets, but the theatrical release was pretty bad. Um, and for me, it's like, it, I, I don't see this as a knock about against the movie, but every time I rewatch it, I giggle just because how the characters are like constantly preparing for certain death. And like, we're definitely going to die here. And then they don't die. And that's just like a motif through the entire movie. And nobody that matters, nobody anybody cares about dies. Um, so th- yeah, nobody cares about faded. Um, so uh, it, it, that that just that just makes me laugh every time I watch it. Um, not a bad movie. Um, and I said, as far as I win the best picture, I think it was like the you know it was like well we got it was kind of like the culmination like it was like a not a lifetime achievement award for Jackson but like a re- award for everything that he'd done in this project. Um, so I think that this one was kind of destined to win it. It's good. All right. Uh, yeah, that's everyone for Return of the King. Cody. Yeah, so I have a lot to choose from. One of them, one is my favorite movie of all time that I could do, that I could talk about, but I've talked with that and Kirk's on the show, so I don't feel like hearing him talk shit tonight. Um, so what I will go with, I'm going to go with, um, uh, 1980s best picture winner. I'm gonna go Kramer versus Kramer, right? 1979, yes, it was winner of 1980. Kramer versus Kramer. Um, I absolutely love this film. Um, I'm glad I waited to watch this film until I became a, a dad. Um, because of this movie carries way more weight with it after that. Um, I don't, um, like Marriage Story, when Marriage Story came out, I really enjoyed that. But I think this is like the superior one. I think this is one of Dustin Hoffman's best performances in this film. Um, I've talked about it before, like the French toast scene um, when they're making French toast at the beginning versus the end. It's like gut wrenching because he's clearly a dad that's not been involved in this kid's life very much, and he has to be involved. I did not read what that banner said. Did you put some trash on there? What'd you put? You're such a. <laughs> <laughs> like I literally saw a TikTok of like somebody like becoming uh, like a dad, like doing the dad jokes and shit, and sad that you're doing that already at 21. But you need to like you need to be better. Um, no, but Kramer versus Kramer. Uh, honestly, it's just a stacked year too. That year, uh, 79, there was a lot of great performances, but I think Dustin Hoffman is the superior. Um, I think Meryl Streep is too. I think a lot of people have seen like paint her as the villain and stuff in this film. Um, she's not. She just and over her head and not uh, fit. Some people are just not fit to be moms and can't handle the stress that it is and has to escape in any way. And then he had to rise up and become the parent that he was. So um, 
I suggest anybody watch this. Um, it's a quick watch. Um, has a lot of heart in it. Um, has twists and turns because you don't know see where it's gonna. A custody battle is always ugly, basically, and uh, I think Dustin Hoffman is incredible. Yeah, uh, I I like this one. I like this one a lot. I think this is a really good movie. This is a movie I will say though. I feel like I watched. I want to give it a rewatch. For multiple reasons. One, I watched this pretty quickly after I after Marriage Story came out, and I love like and I watched Marriage Story first, which Marriage Story builds off of Kramer versus Kramer, like a lot of the elements from that. You don't have a Marriage Story without a Kramer versus Kramer, in my opinion. Uh, but I like how I I personally really loved how Marriage Story showed us both sides. And really, no one was really the good guy or the bad guy. And while I agree Meryl Streep is not the bad guy, you're clearly on Hoffman's side the whole movie. And that was kind of my kind of main issue with it. But I still think it's really well done. I think Hoffman is really good in this, even though it's not my favorite Hoffman performance. Uh, Streep, though, blows it out of the water. Streep is genuinely incredible in this. This is... Her honestly, probably her second best performance as an actress, in my opinion. I think she is phenomenal in this. Uh, like her ending at the court scene, incredible. Uh, Jack, uh, yeah, this is one I've seen. Uh, I, I like it quite a bit. Uh, not one of my favorites, but uh, I think on a, a rewatch or two, it'll probably go up for me. So it's fair, Scott. I really like this movie, and I really like Marriage Story as well. However, they are both movies. Now that I have become a family lawyer who deals with divorces and the kind of issues that are portrayed in this movie, um, you know what? I deal with it on an 8.30 to 5.30 every day, so I do not really want to deal with it when I go home and put on a movie anymore. So it's great. Don't have any desire to rewatch it. That's fair. Kirk? Uh, yeah, I really love this movie. I think Hoffman's great. Just, just uh, such an amazing character arc with you know him starting out like you see the just just kind of going through the motions. Just doesn't really care. He's there, but there's no connection with the kid. And just to see how that great relationship grows, develops, and how he changes, um, and Hoffman pulls it off so well. I don't mind it being just on him because I mean it's it's a movie about him and his character and his story, and that's not an issue for me. I think Streep is great in it, and I think her role is. It is what it is. I don't think she's the villain, but I think she's definitely the, um, you know, the antagonizing force that's stopping him from getting where he wants to be. And uh, yeah, I just, just, just him, like at the beginning where he's like, I got to go to work. I can't do this. And like, he's just so career focused to the point where he gets to where he's like, I'll take any garbage job that I don't want just to, just to be with this kid. Um, it's really, just really a beautiful story about, you know, just me being a dad, um, obviously not in this situation, but having kids and, you know, uh, just that drive for your kids. Um, really connect to that. That's fair. Uh, yeah, uh, that's everybody in Kramer versus Kramer. Now we go to me. And I'm gonna go with... Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, my second favorite Best Picture winner. Uh, I'm going with a little film from 1984. Going with Amadeus. Amadeus. Uh, I I love this movie. I what what Cody? I just wish I would have put a bet on it. I would have been right. That was great. 
It's great I'll choice. Be great choice. I just I, I just knew which one you were gonna pick. I that's that's I mean I won't deny predictable. I, I love I love this movie. Uh I think that this is kind of the pinnacle of like best picture for me. Right? It's not my favorite best picture winner. But this is kind of like what I think of when you think of what movies really just deserve best picture and that they basically do every element of film perfectly. It's Amadeus, right? Production design, costume design, music, editing, performances, directing, sound design. Like everything in this movie is just on a 10 out of 10. Like it, every everybody's firing on all cylinders. All the performances are great. This movie is, you know, a prestigious biopic about a composer, while also being really goofy at points, but not in a way where it ever takes you out of the film. It's always accurately representing the characters. Just that Mozart, in top of being a genius, was also kind of a goofy dude, and like I, I like that. I love the dynamic between Mozart and Salieri. It is just so brilliantly done. Uh, I, I love this movie. I love the scene where Salieri makes that march for Mozart's arrival. And Mozart, not meaning anything by it, but just absolutely decimates Salieri unintentionally by improving the march. It's great. Uh, I, I love Amadeus. Uh, Cody. Um, I've said it before. Um, there are best picture winners that definitely deserve that year. And then there are best picture winners that could go against many other years and be the best picture. And that's Amadeus. I think Amadeus is one of the greatest films ever made. Um, I think there is just so much um, time packed in Amadeus. Um, I definitely... Everybody that sees it, if they get past the runtime, love it. It's just this weird thing that is, it's not a subject matter I think I would ever care about any other day, but the movie makes it so uh, enjoyable. And it's like got one of the saddest like ending scenes too, like um, just like how it all goes down. Um, but yeah, Amadeus, great choice. I was going to pick it, but I knew you were going to pick it, so I let you take it. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely one of those that needs to be, if you're Putting ten on the list, I think. Jack. Uh, yeah, no, this movie's kind of perfect. Uh, I, I love Amadeus. Uh, I, I really love F. Murray Abraham. Probably one of my top three best actor winners. Uh, if I had to pick, uh, he's incredible in this movie. Uh, and so is Tom Hulse. Tom Hulse, arguably, like as good. Uh, as F. Murray Abraham. I give F. Murray Abraham the edge just by a little bit, though. Uh, no, I, I love the I love the too many notes scene. I think that scene's great. Uh, this is another one uh, I saw with uh, with my whole family, and that was an interesting watch. So, uh, yeah, great movie. Good pick. Scott? Yeah, this is like one of those few movies where I'm, I, if you do not like this movie, I question whether you like movies. Like, I think this just has like everything you want. Um, yeah, this is in my top 100. I think this is the perfect way to tell a biopic too and it be something new. Like instead of just doing a straight Wikipedia entry biopic, here's what happened. 
to frame it from this other person's perspective that was in the shadows and got to see a lot of uh, the major events in most Mozart's life. So you still get them in the movie, but to frame it from that perspective, um, from a, you know, again, from a guy that you don't really know that much about Salieri is such a genius way to justify telling this story on such a grand scale on the big screen. Absolutely. Uh, so now, uh, Kirk, you haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. Uh, I love, this is also one of my favorite best picture winners, uh, Salieri and Mozart. That's one of my favorite on-screen relationships of all time, just cause I, I, and I've said this before, but I'm just obsessed with that idea of like one guy is barely has the other guy on his radar and the other guy, that's his entire, like his, his, his complete focus in life is that person. Um, and you know, and, and when Mozart does notice Salieri, he thinks they're friends. He thinks like, Hey, we're, we're kindred spirits. And he doesn't like hold, like he doesn't hold his genius against him. Like it, that's not part of the, the dynamic between them for Mozart, but that's just, that's all that's there for Salieri. And just sell the depth and all the different things coming from the Salieri. And F. Mary Abraham does, Abra does such a great job uh, conveying that just like the admiration but just like that hatred that like you have this and you don't even like care about it. And like Salieri is just somebody who would just, if he had that, would just do so much great with it. And he knows he would, but he'll never have it. Just, it, it just, just the, the, just the different levels of feelings that go up between those two. That final scene when he's helping him, um, right. Uh, you know, right. The Requiem. Uh, and he's fine. It's finally snapping. He's getting, he's, and he's really seeing the depth of that genius. And, um, you know, he went there to kill him, but like now he's like, Oh my God, like, look who this person is. Um, it's so good. Um, like just talking about, I want to go watch this movie now. It's so good. I do too. I, I, I can't <laughs> talk about this movie without just wanting to watch it. Yeah. Uh, so now, uh, Scott. Okay. Well, we're all talking about our, <laughs> and there goes Bowman again. <laughs> um, does, do you not realize that you dropped out twice now? Teleporting across the board. See, how do I move here from here? I'm so confused. Do I, like, drop out of the call? Yeah, you dropped out. You're muted, Cody. Oh, wow. What happens is you fully leave the call off the bottom, too, and then you appear right back on the That screen. has never it's... happened before. I know. That, that's not what it looks like. Because normally you have to refresh the stuff, but no, it's, like, it's weird. That's kind of scary. Yeah, I'm weirded out. Uh, it's an unfriended situation. It's about to happen. But no, um, we're all talking about some of our favorite movies here. So I'm going to talk about one of mine, which is the Best Picture winner from 2015, Spotlight. Um, yeah, <laughs> I love this movie so much. Um, it is, to me, it's it's the perfect um anti best picture winner in a way because you think you know what this movie is you think it is you know your standard oscar Beatty biopic and over the top and uh you know just only made just to get awards however um tom mccarthy brings sort of the same understated humanism that he showed in movies like the station agent and the visitor, like the first movies that he made, the when he was making indie movies. <laughs> no, that was the same year as Spotlight, though. One of the great one-two punches uh, ever. But no, um, and he brings that to a much uh, you know bigger scale film again with all these big actors telling a big story. It is a important movie, um, 
but it is still Tom McCarthy doing his thing. And I think it just makes it so much more powerful um, that he just really lets the story do the work here. And the characters themselves and the performers all um, remain pretty even keeled throughout the movie. So that when there are those moments of, you know, pronounced emotion, like the Mark Ruffalo scene of him, you know, saying they knew, um, or some of the stuff with Stanley Tucci's character, who obviously is incredible in the movie. Um, it has so much more of an impact because the rest of the movie is, is not like that. So I think it's, it's such a powerful movie. It's such a powerful story that needs to be told. Um, the ensemble, again, everyone is just completely on the wavelength of what this movie is doing. Um, and I just love some of the like subtle moments. Like when when Sasha, uh, Rachel McAdams' character, tells her grandmother, who's like a very devout Catholic, or shows her the story for the first time. And there's just that moment where they're sitting there and he like frames it through the doorway. And it's like, and she all she just looks up from the paper and she's like, Sasha, can you get me a glass of water? Like so many other directors would go for a big moment there, but I just feel like it works so much better. So um, yeah, I don't know how this movie is so rewatchable given the subject matter, but like, I just want to throw this on like twice a year at least. That's fair. This is a movie that ever it's a, it's a movie that I feel like the month after I watch it, like a month after I watch it, I'm like, yeah, this is good. And then I hear you guys talk about it. I'm like, you know what? Spotlight's great. And then I watch rewatch. Spotlight. I'm like, yeah, no, this movie's freaking fantastic. And then a month later, the cycle repeats again. Uh, so, no, this movie is really good. For whatever reason, it hasn't cracked its way into that upper echelon yet, and I don't know why it hasn't. Uh, but I do think this is a great movie. I think Stanley Tucci... Stanley Tucci is really good. My favorite performance in this movie, weirdly enough, I think is Lee Schreiber. Oh, yeah. I really like Lee Schreiber in this because you can just kind of tell this is a guy who, A, wants the right thing to be done, but B clearly kind of has a chip on his shoulder about this. And like, it, it, it almost, it, it's not personal, but it feels a little personal. And I think it's just the way he plays it is so fascinating. And I love it. Uh, I think he, he just plays it very interestingly. I, I like his performance. I like the entire ensemble of this. It's, it's a great. And, and on that really quick, there's like a whole theme of the movie too, that like, because Boston is so saturated by the Catholic Church. You have to have somebody who's from the outside to come yeah. in and like actually crack this. And that's him. Like he's a New mm -hmm. York guy. He doesn't like baseball. You know, he's Jewish. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, completely different. So I think that what they do with that character is really smart. Absolutely. Uh, Cody, I know you love this. Yeah, this one's slowly crawling into like the top like 30 for me of uh, films. Um, I was on the under the It was my... It was my clear-cut winner for the best picture that year. And when it won, I was surprised because I didn't think it was the favorite to win. Um, and then I was like, this movie's just not that rewatchable. And then I watched it again, and I was like, this movie is crazy how rewatchable it really is. Um, I love like a good procedural, like a hunt down of the evidence and finding stuff. Um, I just like the little notes. Like, I don't know who plays like the the overseer of like the globe at one point, like he's sitting there and they're like all at the baseball game is like the church. Like you're going to take on the church. Like, like, and he's trying to squash it because he doesn't want to anger the church in that aspect. 
Um, and just how it hunts down, it keeps finding, it keeps finding, it, and like how Ruffalo gets so invested in that. That seems great, but there's so many great moments before that that happen. Um, that's a, that's probably the standout because he's, but when he explodes is like how people should have been the entire time, and it's like an earned explode when mm-hmm. he does do it. So that's why it hits so hard. Um, it's just it's basically how it works. It's just how under like. I've said, like, I love crime movies, but, like, one of the biggest crime syndicates was the Catholic Church in Upper, uh, um, the East Coast for that time frame around Boston because how they under, they hid things, they moved things along, and it's just how crazy that no one ever dug into it. And it took a, it took a guy from an outside looking like, what about this? And it unraveled everything. And, like, the interviews and the, yeah it's just i love the movie i think it's absolutely incredible it's one of my favorite best picture winners i understand if it doesn't hit for everybody but it's the right speed for me it's the perfect like movie for me so yeah great choice i was going to bring it up next but I'm glad, i knew scott was here so yeah i, I figured <laughs> uh jack yeah this is one that i really want to re-watch because i saw it once like four years ago ish and thought it was great but not like one of my favorites, but I think could become my three or my two for 2010's best picture winners. It's currently my four, but no, this is uh this movie's great. Mark Ruffalo. Uh, it's him and Tom Hardy. I go back and forth on who I think deserved the Oscar that year. Uh, well, and Benicio del Toro, but he wasn't nominated, but no, uh, but uh, Mark Ruffalo is so good in this movie. Like he's, he's fantastic. If he had won the Oscar, I would not be mad. But no, it, it, just a great movie. Uh, but one I really want to rewatch. It's fair. It's Kirk. Um, I've talked about it before, but I'll be brief. Um, procedurals aren't my thing. Um, I think it's. It, I understand why it won. Um, but I just there are a lot of other movies that you're interested in more. Um, everything you guys say about it is true, and you know I can't disagree with you. It's just it's just not my my thing, like Cody said. That's fair. Uh, so now we go to Kirk. Kirk, your first pick. Okay, like I said, I want to talk about some movies because there's so many best picture movies where my yeah. top hundred. We talked about another top hundreds. Um, so I want to talk about some stuff that I haven't talked about much. Um, I tried to find a bunch of movies that I best picture winners that I hadn't talked about ever anywhere on screen, and that really narrowed down to some bad movies. So um, I didn't quite do that. But um, <laughs> this is some. I'm going to talk about some stuff that I haven't talked about much. So don't assume anything. Don't hold back any movies because you think I'm going to pick it in the next round. Um, I'm going to start with the most recent best picture winner, which is uh, Nomadland. Um, I was really surprised by this movie um, going in. I didn't know anything about it. I knew Frances McDormand lived in the van. And I assumed it was just going to be about her and it, uh, having like really bad luck and being miserable. And it was going to be really depressing. And I was really pleasantly surprised by this movie and just the fact that it was about her basically like choosing this life and just willing the life that she wanted out of it. Uh, but I thought that was really good and really inspiring. And the thing that I, you know, that movies do for me, one of the things movies do for me is there, you know, there are so many people and cultures and subcultures out there that I'm never going to get a chance to interact with. And, you know, movies give me a chance to get in there for, you know, a couple hours and kind of experience it. And that's what this movie does. Uh, the lifestyle shown in this, uh, in this movie is repulsive to me. And I don't mean that offensively to the people who live it. I'm saying the idea of it to me, like that scene where the ladies talk about the buckets. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I am out. I want nothing to do with that. Thank you very much. Um, but like, and it's it, like for me personally, it would be a nightmare. But seeing Francis McDormand in this is uh, 
like her, like she makes it like, I understand why she wants this life and them bringing in the people. I know a lot of people complain about them bringing in the real people and having them in those scenes. Like, but that, to me, that spoke to the idea of really understanding this world. And I think when you have like a powerhouse actress, like uh, Frances McDormand doing the heavy lifting in those scenes, it works. Um, and just like that scene with, uh, is it who's, who played her like boyfriend of this is David, Steve Strayhorn. David Strayhorn. Yeah. Strayhorn. Yeah. Um, just the scene like where he goes back with his family and you know, you're like, okay, he won. He got out of this. He gets to take showers. You know, he's, he's, he's in good shape, but like you see it through her eyes and you like feel bad that he's like exited this life. Uh, so yeah, I just really loved it. I think it's, I, I think it deserved all the Oscars at one. Um, it just, and I think it's like a love letter to America and not like in a flag waving flag waving way, but like, the, like, of like, just like the beauty, like the natural beauty of America and the beauty of like just the normal people living in it. Uh, so yeah, I think this is a really great movie. I really think it was, it was the best, should have won best picture last year. You know, Nomadland is a movie I really respect. I think it's a super well-made film. I think the performances are all great. I think the choice to using really people is, is really inspired. I, I like what it's going for. It just didn't work for me. I like. I think it's a really well-made movie. It, it works for me in some aspects, but it does. Let me rephrase that. It doesn't stick with me. It's a movie. I'll be honest. I've had no desire to rewatch it. Like I watched it. I was like, yeah, that was good. That was solid. I haven't. I don't. It's not a movie that stuck with me that I thought about very much after. It was a solid film. McDormand's great. It just. I, for whatever reason, I don't know. Maybe I need to give it another shot. I, cause I, but I think it's good. I think it's like a four star movie. But it just, it didn't reach that higher echelon for me that it did for so many other people. And I don't know. I, I feel like this is one of those movies for me that kind of hurt itself by being a the best picture winner and be the best, the obvious best picture front runner that year. Uh, Cody. Yeah, I'm with Kirk a little bit because, yeah, the lifestyle, like, something terribly would have went wrong in my life if I'm living this lifestyle. Um, but overall, I'm kind of with you, Bowman. I never was, like, in love with this movie. I, like, saw it. I appreciated what it was. But I didn't, like, gush over it and thought it was amazing. But I know there's, like, other movies from that year. 2020 is just a weird year overall for films. Like, I feel like I was I never saw anything or I didn't care to see anything. Like I was shut out. Um it was like the first year I was forced to like watch stuff at home for the first time and it was just a weird year. Um overall I didn't think it was the worst film of the year or the best film overall. I just thought it was a good film. Um I think the I think the real people made the movie better. I think if you would have cast people, I think it would have probably took away from it. Yeah. So I think that helped. I think it helped with Francis McDormand. But it's kind of almost at this level now of like great actress. Like she's been such on top for so long is like winning things all the time. It's just like <laughs> you're hoping for somebody else at some point. But she's the great she's great. So you just gotta give her props and move on. But yeah, I I knew it was gonna win as soon as it was basically as the praise came in. So yeah, not a bad choice. I'm glad Kirk decided not to talk about movies he's had before. This is this is a nice change. So no Godfather, that's weird. But go ahead. Oh. Ah, uh, so now we're back to Jack, right? Or no, no, not everyone's talking about this. Hold on, shut up. Um, Jack, we're over to you, though, because you haven't talked about this yet. 
Yeah, this movie's good. Uh, I, I don't love it. Uh, I, I respect it more than I really like it, uh, I think. Uh, out of McDormand's performances to win Best Actress, this is my least favorite uh, of her performances, personally. Uh, Three Billboards and Fargo, I both think are better, but she's still solid in this. Uh, but The Father, Sound of Metal... Judas and the Black Messiah, they were all nominated that year. Uh, I like them. I think they're all better than Nomadland, but this is a, a good movie. And I wasn't surprised when the Oscars went for it, but uh, not my favorite, but it's good. I forgot the sound of metal. That one movie was probably my pick. That's, that's a good one. That is solid. I like that one. Uh, Scott. You named three great movies. None of them are as good as Nomadland for me. This actually would have been my second pick, possibly, Kirk. I, I think this movie was incredible. Um, yeah, I've watched now, after watching this, I watched Chloe Zhao's two previous movies. I think I just love her as a director. Maybe someday she'll make a fourth film. Um, but no, I, I think that um, her and Sean Baker actually have a lot of similarities in their sort of ethos that um, they use in their their. Um, early films and like the way that they are completely judgment free like you guys have pointed out in portraying these different lifestyles obviously like sean baker does it in like red rocket and florida project and here um chloe Zhao, like like you said this is something that you may come into it with opinions on already but like by the end you're going to be like well i understand it like i see all sides of this thing uh because she really just like shines a light on this lifestyle and um the highs and the lows of it and doesn't try to preach to you about how you should feel about it. And uh, I'll, yeah, I of course think that the real people are give better performances than any of the actors and eternals. So are you, are you in denial, Scott? Are you, are you, are you one of those people that say like Indiana? They kidnap her. Ever? She is in, uh, she's being held hostage. <laughs> no, I, I guarantee if you check her bank account right now, she was not held hostage. I promise you're better than this. That's Chloe. when you accept money over your passion project. That's that. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Has uh, everyone talked about Nomad Land? Yeah. All right. So now we go to Scott. Or Jack, not Scott. Jack. Okay, I wasn't ready. So. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. Uh, Billy Wilder has made a lot of great movies, and I'm not picking the one you guys are all assuming right now. I'm picking his first movie to win Best Picture from 1945, The Lost Weekend. I knew that That's one when he said the words Billy Wilder. I know, yeah. but I, I'm glad Kirk's on the show. <laughs> This movie, I, I I really love this movie, and uh, once you, once you uh, hear about like the fact that it was almost never released, uh, I I t I've taken a new appreciation uh, for this movie. But no, as someone that has uh, seen alcohol and uh, destroyed the lives of uh, people that I know, this movie hits really hard for me. Uh, Ray Milan gives a phenomenal performance just uh, an absolute powerhouse performance he's my second favorite best actor winner uh i for for this movie and this and the fact that jane wyman wasn't even nominated infuriates me still uh the, uh yeah no uh the screenplay is great wilder's direction of this is fantastic i love this movie so much it's 
uh, it technically a second wilder I saw because I saw Sunset Boulevard in high school, but I don't remember any of it. So this is kind of the first wilder, uh, my first wilder movie, and it's still my favorite. Although on my top hundred, The Lost Weekend, The Apartment, one spot below it. So I have to give this a rewatch, see if it's still better than The Apartment. Uh, that's fair. Uh, no, I do really like this one. Uh, I think this this movie is it it gets kind of into that uncut gems, Shiva baby, Red Rocket of just absolute misery, and a main character who you want to make the right decisions, and he just doesn't. He just doesn't throughout the whole movie. And yeah, that's that's kind of where I land with this movie is it's frustrating. It's there's a reason I've only seen it once because it was it's a tough to watch movie, in my opinion. It's probably Wilder's like hardest to watch movie. It's probably his darkest movie, in my opinion. Uh yeah, like there's really there's in my opinion, unless I'm forgetting one, there's really not another Wilder movie that doesn't have at least a little bit of fun in it. And I think this is the only one that is just without fun. It's just it's a dark movie. Cody. Yeah, I think this is a mixture, uh mis mixed bag, because I can understand why some people are not the biggest fans of this one. Um but it matters if the subject matter hits for you or doesn't hit for you. It hits for me, uh, somebody that dealt with it for a little bit. Um, overall, I think the movie just, um, I think his performance is absolutely incredible. Um, as he, as he's trying different ways to try to like convince everybody he's okay, but also to find a way to get his next fix and the, the, the chaos that basically ensues. Again, I said the other day about Billy Wilder, it's just like he is, he plays in so many different sandboxes and does so well in so many things. Um, but yeah, Lost Weekend, I think he's like one of the one of the best acting performances in a movie of all time. Uh, he's in my, I think he's in my top 30 of it. So um, overall, great, great performance, uh, great movie. Um, again, definitely, un, I don't know, I wouldn't say overall movie, better than like the apartment sunset stuff like that those movies are like top top tier so um but yeah last week great choice i would tell anybody to go check it out especially i don't think it resonates the name doesn't resonate as much as like the apartment sunset so i'm like a hot so definitely get some notoriety out there fair uh jack or no jack you talk about scott the same i've seen it unfortunately that's fair kirk um, yeah, I think this movie, um, you know, especially the, the first two thirds of it, do a really good job of uh, showing what it's like um, to deal with, you know, alcoholism and having, you know, dealt with that firsthand with a lot of people, you know, in my family and people that I know. Um, it's a, there's a lot of realism there, like you were saying, Boatman. Uh, it also does a really good job of showing what it's like to care about somebody going through that and the frustration and, you know, really just bringing that, that home. Uh, my problem with this movie, though, is I think the, the, the third act really devolves into melodrama and just kind of gets it starts to feel like a 40s movie at that point instead of like a realistic portrayal. Um, those violins, man, just drown out everything. Um, it just gets like they just get I'm watching this movie like they just get louder and louder and louder. like, come on, let me hear what the people are saying um, that that kind, that kind of soured me towards it. 
Um, but like I said, the first two thirds were really solid. Sure. Uh, so now that's everyone for last weekend. So Cody. Um, so, oh gosh, which one do I choose? Um, I'm going to go with Marty. I'm going to go with Marty, uh, 1955 Marty. Um, I just enjoyed the hell out of this movie. Um, sad sack, basically, guy just trying to find his way in the world and uh, meets like resistance that he didn't. Um, I think he gives an insane performance, um, especially like as uh, I'll butcher how to pronounce his name, Ernest Borgnine. I think that's Borgnine. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, I. As like he's like known as like slapstick stuff like later in his career I think like he did more like comedies and stuff but like this one is like uh, I just think he's absolutely incredible throughout um, and just the overall story it's a quick easy watch but uh, um, I didn't expect to get much out of this movie when I watched it but I was doing all the best actor winners and it came up to this one and this was such a pleasant surprise um, yeah he's a lovable lovable sack basically loser guy guy just down on his luck but just trying to make his way it's it's a it's a fun watch i'd suggest anybody watch it this is definitely like one of if not the most watchable best picture winner like a it's the shortest best picture winner ever so it's like a breeze uh to get through and it's it's just a delightful film like it's not it's not like all wine and roses but it these two main characters are just so likable and how like insecure and you know the the world kind of beats up on them and they find each other and you know they kind of just say screw you to everyone who says they shouldn't be together and I think that's just a really beautiful story and I really like it uh Ernest Borgnine is one of those actors who the more I see of him, the more he kind of becomes one of my favorite actors. I just, whenever he shows up, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, you're cool. You're, you're great. Like it's not a good movie, but dude's in the black hole for like 20, not, it's like, he's, he's in the black hole for a bit. And he's real. he's like the one thing in that movie I really like. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cody, you know, you picked this. Jack. Uh, yeah, no, I really like this movie. Like, I, uh, this, ah, words. Uh, this movie's great. Uh, it's really, like, it's, Boatman hit, hit, hit the nail on the head here. It's one of the most watchable Best Picture winners. Uh, it, it, it probably won't ever be one of my favorites, but I have no issues with anyone putting it on this list. I think it's just a really good time, and I, I love uh, Ernest Borgnine, uh, if I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, in the lead role, I, I, I as Marty, and I, I think he's great. Um, but no, I, I love the ending to this movie. Like the last, like thirty seconds of this movie, just uh, are great, and the entire thing just leaves me with a smile on my face. So it, it it's a great movie. Uh, Scott. Haven't seen it. The only thing I know about it is that in Quiz Show, this is the question that Herb Stimple misses uh, when he uh, is throws the his last game or whatever. He answers on the waterfront instead of Marty. 
which technically challengeable because they say in the, <laughs> in the movie they say what film won 1955 yeah in 1955 well in 1955 on the waterfront is one best picture you have to say no, film four, four films, films released in yeah so that is, that is by far, I think we can all agree, that is by far the worst thing the makers of the show Quiz Show have ever done, or of the <laughs> show 21 in Quiz Show have ever done. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. Can't think Don't of they else. know who Christian Harloff is? They should have been able to figure that out. <laughs> um, no, honestly, this may have been my next pick. I was, I'm was i sitting here trying to narrow it down. Yeah. Thank you because it made it a little easier for me. I really like this movie. I just re recently watched it in the past couple months. And like you said, Bowman, imagine a movie like this even getting nominated, let alone winning. 90 minutes, super small scale, super low stakes, no prestige to it at all. Just a simple little romance. Um, and yeah, it's delightful. It's Ernest Borgnine. He's, he's super charming. This guy who just kind of, you know, he's not miserable, but he's not happy. And he's looking for slice, you know, cut a little slice of happiness all life for himself. He finds this girl who's kind of, you know, put upon and, you know, they just fall in love and it's very simple. There's like some subplot with their family and how their family treat them and everything. And yeah, it's got a lot of, it, it let's normalize 90 minute best picture winners. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's, that, that, that's my takeaway from Marty. Hey Kirk, you wanna you wanna know what would happen if uh, a movie like this came out today and it was a best picture front runner? Film Twitter would be mad at it. You know why? Hoda! That's what's happening. Film Twitter, you're terrible and I hate you. Um, okay, so that's everyone from Marty. Now we're going to me. And uh, you know. Amadeus used to be my favorite Best Picture winner, uh, but uh, every year I update my top 100, and things get moved around, and this movie has shot up, and my new Best Picture winner is uh, Billy Wilder's uh, epic The Apartment. I think I'm cutting out real badly. Uh-oh. Am I still here? Am I back? Okay. You should just leave and come back. You never left. Probably the best. Oh, am I? Am I here? I'm gonna leave and come talk. back quick. You done that? Like now we have to talk about the fact time. that I still haven't seen the apartment. <laughs> it wasn't me. I know. Wait, I know. I've seen right. it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Anyway, my pick's the apartment. Uh, I I think. In a weird way, this movie kind of hits the same spots as Mari. Not quite as light. It gets a little heavier. But it's still that kind of thing of two broken people finding each other. And I think this movie's really sweet. But I think it also has a lot to say. Uh, Lemon and McLean are just both revelations in this. Uh, McLean... It's obviously fantastic. She has to put on a face, but she also has to be broken. Uh, Jack Lemon, man. Jack Lemon is one of the greatest actors of all time. And in this movie, he's just phenomenal. Because he has to he has to be the Jack Lemon. He has to be funny. But in every scene, you can tell there's just this twinge of I am dying inside. 
I am not happy with my life, but I I don't feel like I'm man enough to really stand up to anybody. And I think that's beautiful. I love this movie. Fred McMurray, man, what an ingenious use of like casting a a guy who used to be known for like the suave leaning man, and then a guy who used to be known who was at the time known for like these cheesy little Disney movies, having him just be the douchebag boss. Brilliant casting, I think. I think just phenomenal casting. Uh, there's also a lot of great little supporting performances in this movie. Wilder knows how to use his character actors. Uh, and there's there's a lot of great little... Uh, Ray Walston's in this movie. And he's one of my favorite supporting actors. I love him. The apartment's great. Uh, Kirk. Um, yeah, I like this. Um, I, yeah, I mean, Jack Lemon is incapable of doing anything wrong. Um, no matter what you give him to do, he's going to just knock it out of the park. Uh, and yeah, this has like kind of that Marty feel where it's just two people, you know, who, who are, whose lives are kind of messed up and they're holding it together and they find each other. Um, and yeah, you, you said exactly that. I was going to talk about the supporting cast. I just love like all the, like the, the management guys that are using the apartment, his neighbor, his wife, you know, that, that just that, that that side cast just really makes this like a full lived-in world, and which could like I mean the 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 premise could be kind of silly um, and not you know believable, but I think uh, Levin or uh, Wilder does a really good job of grounding it uh, through uh, the performances through the the script. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I do honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I lean more towards Wilder's like dramas more than the comedies. Um, but this is, I, I can't say anything bad about this movie. I mean, I think this is a little bit of both, but fair. True, uh, true. Me? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, top 20 movie of all time for me now. Um, it moved up. Um, it's got one of my favorite lines in any movie ever. Um, probably my favorite quote. It's like the, I decided to be a mensch. You know what that means? A good person. Um, I just think it has so much heart. It's like two people that basically just both people that have been ran over in life and just taken advantage of in every aspect of the world and they end up finding each other. Uh, one of my favorite endings in any movie ever. Um, when they just, they finally sit down and they like play together um, when they finally decide. Um, and it's just like back then and whatever the power that he had, like to move up and make money and blah, blah, blah basically gave up being what he wanted to do. Um, and it had to fight against it. Um, I think Fred McMurray is great in this movie, like um, super charming, and, but super douche at the same time. So it works. Um, still not my favorite Wilder. It's close. It's really close. There's just one that I will always rank higher. But um, yeah, great, great film. Great film. Uh, definitely deserving of Best Picture. It's his best, best, it's his best, best picture winner, in my opinion. So, yeah. Uh, Jack. Yeah, I said uh, earlier last weekend was one spot higher. This movie's my number nineteen of all time on my uh, top one hundred. It's it's great. I love Shirley MacLaine in this movie so much. I love Jack Lemmon. Uh, I do feel this is a fair bit more a drama than it is a comedy, uh, especially after the turn it takes, like halfway through. But I'm not gonna spoil that for uh, for the people that haven't seen this movie. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, probably Wilder's best script out of the few movies that I've seen uh, of his. Uh, I love, oh, uh, the the line uh, when Jack Lemon uh, 
sees the mirror uh, that Shirley uh, Shirley McLean's mirror, uh, and he goes, "Your mirror, it it's broken," and she says, "Yeah, it 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 looks how I feel," or something something like that. I love that line so much, uh, and it's got one of my favorite endings in any movie ever. So, yeah, great movie. Completely fair, uh, Scott. Yeah, unfortunately, within Best Picture winners, we have like maybe my two biggest blind spot movies, uh, and one of them is The Apartment, uh, and the other one is Forrest Gump, which we talked about on YLS last week. But yeah, haven't seen either of them, unfortunately. However, I think this would probably be the much better one of the two. <laughs> Fair, Kirk. Wait, you're talking. I about went already. Yeah, we went out of order. Yeah, I'm right. Ignore me. Uh, so now we go to Scott. Okay, a question was posed recently on Twitter. Uh, did this movie deserve 11 Oscars? And some people said no. And I say to those people, have you considered that, yes, it did deserve 11 Oscars? I'm talking about Titanic, of course. Uh, yeah, this is one of the my favorite epic films. I just love... Um, when a director tells like a small human intimate story on a grand scale and you don't get a grander scale than what you get in titanic i mean the production design is like maybe some of the greatest ever the special effects especially in that last you know hour are you know some of the greatest um, that have ever been done um but it sets you up to care about everything that's going on with that first uh, I know Kirk is just waiting to unleash, but um, in that first hour and a half, two hours, it just it sets you up so perfectly with these, you know, again, they're archetypal characters in a way. But I just again, in this setting, it's but just peak old fashioned filmmaking. Um, you just it's so hard not to just get swept away by um, the epic nature of all of it, the purity sort of of the romance between jack and rose and um just the beauty of you know the ship and the scenery and everything um it's you know maybe no it's not my favorite james cameron movie but it's up there um i, I think it it richly deserved um all of the awards it won considering it didn't win like acting or anything like that and i totally think that's fine but um you know Technically speaking, you know, at James Cameron as a director, best picture, it deserved all of them. It, it's a it's a brilliant film. Uh, I, I will say I didn't I didn't actually comment on the should it have won eleven Oscars. I commented on the should it have all fourteen of its nominations, and I don't think Gloria Stewart deserved a nomination because she's like fine. Uh, I know. Look, I'm not mad this movie. I mean, I wasn't mad the other movie. Uh, I I think that Titanic is a really good movie. I actually really like Titanic. It's decently high in my uh, best picture ranking. I think this one's great. It's not one I find very rewatchable personally, but I do think it's great. Uh, the I I personally go Goodwill Hunting that year. I think Goodwill Hunting should have won picture that year and director too. Honestly, I I get director, but yeah. Uh, overall, Titanic's good. Titanic's a, a solid movie. It's great. It's a spectacle. And I like it. I like Jack and Rose. I like Kathy Bates, too. I actually think Kathy Bates is better than Gloria Stewart. Uh, Cody. You're muted. 
You know, I bitch, I know. That's why I click on mute before I start talking. I know how to play this game now. It's been three years. I figured it out. Um <laughs> shut up. Um you know how you spit in a really good movie's face, you say, Well, oh, really fun spectacle. That's a really good way to like just like downplay the movie. It's just it's a good spectacle. It's like a fireworks show. Um I regret not having this in my top one hundred. I said that before. I regret not having this in the top one hundred. I think it's super watchable. I think it's super fun. I think it is um just a really fun story. Uh, uh, again, until the last half, that turns into a fucking horror movie. That movie, I still couldn't even imagine um, that night and how what everybody went through. Um, and whoever, again, I know there's a guy behind it. I don't know the person's name, but he should have been he should have been tugged behind the boat because putting that small of a rudder on that giant of a boat would. Have fuck are you doing no turn radius whatsoever um that's a problem uh yeah a uh, great song by the way uh don't care what anybody says that's gonna be sure. a song fantastic um powerful um great the only score. thing i i said i said this about four and a four and a half star movie makes it a five star if uh bill paxton walks up behind the old lady and throws her over the boat because how dare she dumps the thing and Dumps that um, dumps Rose over because she just dropped the thing after he spent months looking. What a douche! Uh, but overall, tell me, why did you throw the heart of the ocean off of the Titanic? Why did you let did Leo he... Leonardo DiCaprio drown like that? Couldn't you have taken turns? You know, I love Absolute. Like when he does this little bit and he breaks up every time, so you barely hear a story. That's really fun. Um, <laughs> I've but, the uh, almighty thing. Yeah, but you can barely hear you. Um, overall, yes, great movie. Kirk is wrong. That's what I will say. Kirk is wrong. He's wrong on two of these best picture winners. Guaranteed. Jack. Uh, I will also say Kirk is wrong because I really like this movie. Uh, sorry, Kirk. Uh, but no, uh, this movie's great. Uh, I love Kate Winslet and basically anything she's in. And Leonardo DiCaprio... This is early, earlier Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio, but he's still really good in this. Uh, he does get better, I know, but he's still solid in this. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it. James Cameron really, uh, uh, really did something special with this one. He, uh, it's not super high on my best picture list, but it, it it's, I don't uh, think it uh, doesn't belong on here. Like, I'm not mad about it being on here. So, yeah, good pick. That's fair, Kirk. I went to you last for a reason. James Cameron is like one of the all-time great or all-time worst supervillains on the planet. Because all this dude does is make big, spectacle, completely mediocre movies and manipulate people into making them the top grossing movie on the planet. Um, and that's exactly what this movie is. Um, it's It's not really that good. Um, you know, talking about Leo, um, Leo became a good actor. Uh, he is not a good actor in this movie. This is teen beat Leo. This is not anybody who has any kind of tell anybody business carrying a movie like this. And he doesn't, um, the special effects don't hold up. Um, the score is just so ridiculously manipulative. It's like, they like, like scientifically created something to like, how can we like manipulate people's emotions the most? Um, it's a big dumb spectacle i mean it's like just how like 
avatar was, oh, look at all the flashy blue colors on the screen, how cool that is in 3D. Uh, this is uh, just, oh, look how sad this is, and look all the motions and, sa- and death, and it's, yeah, um, it's not a great movie. Um, James Cameron is very overrated as a director. He's made, like, three good movies, um, and this is definitely not one of them. And so to answer your question, no, this is not deserved 11 Oscars. Probably, I won't say deserved any, but did not deserve the big one. I think you got to give it production design. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the technical stuff I'm okay with. I, I give it four Oscars. Which is I most of I, I give it four Oscars. I give it production design. I give it visual effects. I give it score. And I give it sound. Give it sound. That's fair. Uh, so... Uh, uh, has everyone talked about Titanic? Yeah, everyone's talked about Titanic. Yeah. So now that was Scott's pick, right? Mm-hmm. So now, Kirk, you take us home. Oh, uh, man. See, I was going to use while well, Scott was talking to uh, pick, make my last pick, but I was too angry about Titanic. Um, I'm going to go with the movie. I have talked about this before, but I haven't talked about it much. And it's a movie I rewatched very recently. Uh, going into the Batman, uh, I was like, I want to rewatch Batman '89. And I said, you know what would be a good double feature with Batman '89? Birdman. I never watched those back to back, so um, I watched Birdman, and I love this movie. It's so good. Uh, I just love the energy this movie has. Um, I talked. We did the the 2010 uh, the 2000s Oscars. Um, or 2010's Oscars. I t- we talked. I talked about the score of this movie, um, and I think that really drives it. But I just love how it's just the movie is like constantly propelled forward, just like the manipulation of making it look like it's all one shot. Um, I love the cast. Uh, I think the fact, like the play within the movie, is kind of like very meta because the movie feels like it's a creation by all these different characters uh, coming together. Um, yeah, I just love the 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 the, st- the set design, um, the just this the, the cinematography, the, the parts where he leaves he leaves the theaters just walking around uh, looks so great. Uh, Keaton's awesome in this, and again, it's like a meta thing with him, obviously. Um, you know, with this actor, you know who, what he's done in the past in the stage in his career, um, but he's so good in it. Um, Edward Norton again playing like a little bit of a version of himself. Um, you know overemphasized uh the scene the scenes of them on stage are so good um and yeah i i, I could watch this movie like three or four times in a row um i don't think it's like necessarily like the greatest movie ever but it's a it's a lot of fun to watch but also at the same time a very well-made movie i love this movie i think birdman's great i want to rewatch it because it's been a while I'm, one of my favorite scenes of all time is when uh Edward Norton and Michael Keaton are working on the, are, are rehearsing the script and just kind of going over the scenes and Edward Norton starts like changing little things. Yeah. And he, he's right. The changes do make more sense and he's kind of taken over and it's great because uh, apparently when Alejandro Giannuritu was giving the script to Edward Norton. Edward Norton was doing exactly what his character was doing in this movie, which is kind of amazing. Uh, I, I love Edward Norton in this. It sucks that this was the same year as J.K. Simmons mm-hmm. because he, I feel like you put him the year before or the year after, he wins. Like, that's just my opinion, but I think you put him up or down, he wins the Oscar. And I think, too, I, I should have said this. I think Michael Keaton 
completely should have been with best actor on this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's, 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 happened. Um, yeah, no, I, I really like Birdman. The meta narrative is so fun. And you take away the meta narrative, still great. Cody. Yeah, I'm not as high on this movie as everybody else. There's parts I really like. I think technically it's really good. Um, I, I respect it more than I like it, I should say. Like, I understand what it does, but it's not like a movie I always grow back to. Um, you know, possibly Jake Mirgoni has a problem with that. But overall, I think the movie is definitely, definitely worthy of all its praise. And yeah. Even though I think Eddie Redmayne, for Theory of Everything, gives too much hate because I think he's actually really good at what he's doing. Thank you. It's just when you go next, oh, God, Jack agrees with me. That means something wrong. Um, <laughs> but when um, but when you put him against Keaton in this movie, it's kind of, like, lopsided. But based on winning, uh, he, did, he does a good job in that performance. But, yeah, Birdman, great choice. That's for Jack. Yeah, no, I was confused for about two seconds when you said you double featured this with uh, with Batman '89, and I was like, "What? Why, why does that make good double?" And then I re realized, "Oh wait, Michael Keaton." So I'm just an idiot, but uh, but no, uh, this movie is pretty good. Uh, I respect it a lot more than I like it. Uh, it's not one of my favorite uh, uh, best picture winners or movies from 2014. Uh, I do like the long take. Uh, kind of style of it uh but i no it 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 doesn't really add anything to the movie for me uh other than hey this is cool but no uh keaton's great in this uh norton's great in this emma stone's really good in this as well uh yeah no uh great score as well that's one thing i do remember great score but it this is another one that i have to rewatch. i just haven't had the time yet that is fair. Uh, Scott? Great movie. Uh, it's one of those like handful of movies I can remember in the theater, like going to see it in the theater and just walking out and just being like, what did I just watch? Like, it, you know, I feel like I've never seen anything like it. However, this movie has been perpetually soured for me by what happened at the Oscars that year. Number one, the award I thought it should have won, which is Best Actor, it did not win. And number two, Inyari 2 stole the Oscar from Richard Linklater and what will probably be his best chance to ever win an Oscar. So I'm sorry this movie uh, only took eight weeks to make like a normal movie. Yeah, well, it should have also been better than that other movie. But uh, yeah, it's still great. I, I still love Birdman. It just uh, it was up against an all-timer. You don't, you don't see me going around be, look, I know you're a Richard Linklater guy, but you don't see me going around being like, you know what? The Untouchables is soured for me because Albert Brooks doesn't have an Oscar because of it. Look, you, I, I that it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I'm sorry, dude. There is literally yeah, I mean, that man has a restraining order against you, Bowman. How much you talk about him on Twitter? He wants you. He wants you off the internet. That's fair. A lot of people want me off the internet now. Because well, of my opinion he's just talking. That. He's just talking about his home phone, and you're over there talking about how great he was in 1987. He's like, dude, leave me the fuck alone. I still can't get my home phone to work. 
Uh, Cody. Like I said, I think that was Linklater's best chance to ever win an Oscar, possibly. So well, whose fault is that? He only made one Oscar-worthy movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, as we know, the Oscars are the ultimate arbiters of, of quality. Then, then why do you No care? bad movie has why ever been nominated care? and no good what movie What does it matter then? He made yeah. his 12-year movie. Everybody's happy. <laughs> the end. Cody. I mean, kid, I maybe maybe you could just be on the right side of history at some point and realize that movie fucking sucks. They did twelve years around all that cast, and that kid is a terrible fucking act. Like that kid's at an at like awful. Like, can you imagine I've going never to met a kid school? of that age hold before? On, Cody. Hold on, could you imagine going to acting school with all these star-studded and Richard Linklater for twelve years walking around, and that's what you get? Listen. Just he got a real person, know. which is what the he kid, wanted. The person that's watching this right now that works in an IHOP that has dreams of being a big star, guess what? It ain't going to fucking happen probably because you have to have actual talent somewhere. But, Somebody but can Cody. just find you on the side of the street. That's not true. Put, that's all the Cody. people in but Cody. No. Cody. Baker's movies. It took 12 years to make. Did you know that? It took 12 years to make. Cody. It, also took, it also took 12 years to make The Thief and the Cobbler and The King's Daughter. That means It took 12 yeah. years for me to sit through that movie. It took a long time to make The King's Daughter. Do we want to give an Oscar to that movie? No. Okay, so that does wrap up our Best Picture winners. We have Return of the King. We have Kramer vs. Kramer. We have Amadeus. We have Spotlight. We have Nomadland. Last Weekend, Marty, The Apartment, Titanic, and Birdman. Now I just got one more thing. It's Movie of the Month! Movie of the Month! Uh, so, uh, the Movie of the Month this month is nobody. Kirk, you've already talked about it. Yes. Jack, you've already talked about it. Yeah. I haven't talked about it yet. Uh, so, I will talk about it. Uh, I was a little disappointed by this, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, I wanted to like this movie. I really like the concept of Bob Odenkirk being in an action movie. It wasn't bad in my opinion, but I don't know. I The best way I can describe it is it feels like Fight Club without the satire. Like that's that's kind of my take on it. Is like it's kind of got the the same attitude as Fight Club in a sense without like the satire of you know the, the kind of double-edged sword to it. And that, that's kind of my biggest problem with it. Uh, but overall, the action's really well done. The bus scene is great, like everyone talks about. I'm on the fence between two and a half and three. I haven't quite decided where it's going to land. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this movie the benefit of the doubt and say three. I'm going to say three out of five. Cody. You're muted. <laughs> I'm going to click the button before I talk. I know I am. Shut up. Gosh, I wish somebody would answer my email about removing Iowa from the United States. Okay. Um, nothing against logged it, but this sucks. Like, of all the movies to watch and get put on a list and for a community, we're back. Community, you suck. I'll be honest with you, now that I retired from trivia, I can just tell this to a blanket entire community. You suck. By the way, Scott, John Petrovich agrees with you. And I'll tell you, after seeing some of his list, you don't want to be on that side of history. Um, Listen. I do. And, uh, oh, don't say that's great with you. Um, okay, you like so this movie, this movie is just meh. This movie just is nothing special. Like, I voted for the movie. I think it's called Shit House. 
Um, the movie we should have watched. I yeah. voted for that one because it was the, it had an interesting title. I've never seen it, and I kind of wanted to see it. This one, I will never watch this movie again. And it's not a bad movie. It just falls into those like three star like kind of goofy action movies. Like, oh, a dad. What if you? What if you took a dad and gave him powers? And like, what, I don't care. Like that. Kirk should have been cast in this film. I would have watched that one. Read my Kirk. review. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, perfect. Um, I give it three stars. If I ever watched it again, it'd probably go down. But yeah, you're not missing anything with this movie. And yeah, no, thank you. I This is a really bad movie. Well, not a bad movie. I shouldn't say that. It's just mediocre. Like, that's the best thing I can say about it. Scott? Here's my problem with this movie. It is called Nobody, and you cast Bob Odenkirk, right? Which, it, okay, I get it. It's fun casting. He He's unassuming, right? You don't think of him as the action hero, the badass John Wick's type guy who's killing all these people. However, he is not Nobody. He is like this ex-assassin who has all of these, you know, who, who knows how to fight, like, and is very skilled in all of the action scenes already when the movie starts. I would have much rather seen, and it would have been a much more interesting movie in my opinion, if it actually is about a nobody dad who has to learn how to defend his family in this situation and get revenge. Like it even starts out and right, like there's the opening scene of him, like, Oh, he doesn't defend his family. Like he has the opportunity to, but he can't go through with it. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Great setup. This is what I was expecting. But then it's like, no, he didn't do it because he realized that the people, the thieves were, the robbers were idiots who didn't have the gun loaded and all of this stuff. Or whatever. It wasn't because he was like, I I don't know what to do here. Um, so I don't know. It just wasn't as interesting a, of a take as it could have been on this type of story. I think Bob Odenkirk's really good. I think he's always really good. Action scenes are fine. I like the stuff in the factory at the end, like the trap, booby traps and stuff yeah, he said. But like. It's a two and a half star movie. It's pretty unexceptional to me. And yeah, I agree. I'm not going to watch it again. That's fair. Okay, that's everybody for nobody. Uh, well, Cody, what would you give it? Three stars. Scott? Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay, you said that. Duh. Uh, so next week, we've got action comedies. Week after that, we got monster movies. If you want to be on those, message me or Tim Burkala. Thank you to all my panelists for being on. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, be sure to tune in next week. Be sure to tune in to YLS tomorrow. See you later. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening.